the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, we're so glad you're joining us today on Take 10. We come to you every week with a discussion of a variety of mental health issues as they impact caregivers and care recipients. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host today, Carol Zerniel. Carol has a master's degree in gerontology. She's a nationally recognized gerontologist, named one of the nation's top 50 influencers in aging by Next Avenue. She's also executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. And our other co-host is Dr. Jamie Heisman. Dr. Heisman serves as Chief Compassion Officer for Wellman Medical Management. He is a leading authority on caregiver burnout, compassion, fatigue, and related addictions. And we're delighted to have both of you with us today on Take 10. And Carol, you've got a topic you want to toss Jamie's way. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of times we talk about caring for people in the home. And, you know, we there's a feeling out there that if we once we place our loved one, that that's going to fix everything because now let's say mom has Alzheimer's, she moved into a memory care unit and assisted living. Yay, we're done. From personal experience, Jamie, I found that I exchanged one set of issues for another set of issues. So when we have our loved one in a facility for the first time, what do we need to understand about our feelings of control, of anger that we may feel now no longer at our loved one, but at the facility? Huh. I mean, there's just things that pop up. There are, Carol. And this is the whole treatment plan I would love to suggest to our caregivers because I'm going through it, believe this or not, right now with my wonderful wife, Betsy. But she's taking care of her 91-year-old father up in Amelia Island. And they know as a family, there's three kids, that they're going to go through this guilt, the shame. Oh, we promised dad this. We promised dad that. And when he gets there, they already know that they're going to start feeling guilty. They have anticipatory emotions. So let me tell you what I told her, and I think it's applicable to our listening audience, is we have to start early, early, early on. Number one, forget the promise thing. The promise thing is bizarre. Oh, I promised my dad or my mom I'm not going to take them in. Well, guess what? Clinically. The assisted living, the skilled nursing, they may be even better to be able to serve father or mother in social components and ways to connect that allow that particular loved one to have healthy aging. So initially, as I said to her, look at the long-term care plan if you have one. And if you don't, start bringing caregivers in now while you're with your father in the home and see which one he connects with, who connects with him. And, and so you can start the process of weaning yourself a little bit off your father and his reliance and dependence on you and bring in new people. And that'd be the first step on my way to the assisted living. So rather than just say, I'm going to put my dad in assisted living and not do anything, if you can, and know some people cannot hear, but if you can, start preparing a treatment plan. So I also heard you say start sooner. Do we wait too long to place our loved one? I think we do. I personally do. This is my own personal experience, and it's happening right now with my, my father-in-law there. Because why is that? Well, he has a memory 
challenge, right? All of us do. I think his memory may be better than mine, but he's 91 and it's going fairly quickly. Well, as I told my wife, I said, look, your father has social skills. He loves talking about the Korean War. He's very, you know, uh, photogenic. He looks good at 91. In fact, I think he could be AARP's poster child for that. If you wait, I said, he's not going to connect and bond to the social community. To, at the assisted living facility. Right now, let his personality and his outgoingness and gregariness connect so that in three to six months, when his memory really starts dissipating, he's actually a real person to them, a real friend, rather than, let's say, somebody who cannot have that type of personality, like a somebody almost who can't really respond, a zombie, if you will. So they're not going to connect to somebody later on, as well as going to connect to your father, I said, early on, allow him to connect with people. So he becomes meaningful to the social environment. Don't hold on. But in a family situation, Dr. Jamie, and I don't want to put words in your mouth about your, your wife, but in a lot of families, not everyone's in agreement to have someone go into uh, an assisted living or, or memory unit or what have you. And, and for those who are resistant, what do you say to them? So I say use use somebody like me the way my wife is using me. So I'm not getting involved up there on a face-to-face basis with her brother and her sister. I know them too well, right? So I know it's not going to help. I'm not a good messenger. Uh, she knows I'm a psychologist and I work with seniors and caregivers. So I become what's called the quasi-geriatric care manager. I become the quasi-therapist in some ways. I don't get too emotionally involved, but I'm helping to kind of, if you will, land the airplane. So I'm the air traffic controller. So I say to the people that you're describing, Ron, go get a Jamie, go find a geriatric care manager, find a social worker, allow that person to be the messenger of this this world and to tie them to somebody who's more of an expert so that you can penetrate these denials and these old ghosts and goblins and emotional sort of sort of phantoms that, that plague us, that make us do the wrong codependent decision. How's that? We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But for those who may have just joined us, and thank you to Carol Zerniel, who gave me the cue. I appreciate that. If you just joined us, you're listening to Take 10 with Dr. Jamie Heisman, Carol Zerniel, and me. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking about mental health and mental health-related issues in caretakers and caregivers and care recipients. Carol? Yeah. So let's talk about the power struggle. When I had mom at home, even though I was overwhelmed, I felt like I had control, right? I was the one in charge. And now I put mom in the memory care unit and I don't feel like I'm in charge anymore. Um, And I'm spiraling in a different way. So what about this different power struggle? It's not just me and mom. Now it's me, the facility and mom. Absolutely. Remember, we always say this on the show that the more controlling we get in our environment, the more out of control we are in our minds. So I think let's go. Say that that again, Jamie. The more controlling the more controlling we are in our lives with our loved ones, with our work sites, with our families and children, usually the more out of control we are in our minds. You see, I see control as a four letter word. I don't think we should control anything in our lives. I think we should allow things to be. Like my kid, I put her on a railroad track, keep her going, but I can't control her. I can guide her. So to Carol's point. I said, when we're feeling out of control in our minds, because now we've relinquished control, there is a radical acceptance that needs to occur. How that occurs is literally turning that self-awareness, that clinical thing on ourselves, looking in the mirror, finding out why do we have to stay, we think, in control. That doesn't substitute, Carol, for your advocacy. You're a brilliant, you know, geriatrician, I mean, you know, gerontologist. 
and you understand the geriatrician or geriatric world better than anybody, you should go in there and advocate and be that person. I think all caregivers should. But to allow a program that you know has all the clinical and social ramifications that are better equipped to handle your mother, there is a radical acceptance that needs to happen when we let go and let let another system, you know, take its take its course. Well, Carol's an I- example of the uh, shoemaker's kids never have shoes. Me too. That's why I got a therapist. <laughs> yeah, and, and and probably what if I were making a recommendation to other families that maybe don't have a psychologist in the family, don't have a gerontologist, um, is to think about that team of people in the residential care facility and sprinkle as much honey as possible. Um, because the positive attitude, the respect that you give, the recognition that you give for every good thing that goes on there is going to, that's where your dividends are. So Carol, you're so, you're so smart. Better, you'd be better with my, my in-laws than me. As I mentioned to Betsy, I said, before you go on with me, Jamie, Dr. Jamie, whoever you think I might be to facilitate this, go over to the assisted living. They've done this a hundred times. Use the people, their caregivers that they like to use. Ask them questions. See if they can't get engaged early on. And like I said to you, don't see us as two detached levels of care, your home. Start early. Identify the place that you think is the best for your mom and dad and then bring them into the picture. So four months now before he's even gotten over there, they're already engaged. So it's an easy sort of I call titration, easy kind of crossover to the assisted living. I so agree with what you said. Recognizing that there is never one solution. There is always going to be a give and take, whether it's with your family or with the facility. Don't be afraid of placement um, because I have seen people do miraculously well in a facility when they were not doing well at home. Absolutely. And reach out for help. There's no substitute for reaching out for help. That's all. Got to stop you right there. There's an added benefit, too, to the care taker in in my view and carol and jamie thank you very much this has been take 10 with carol zorniel and dr jamie heisman i'm ron aaron we'll talk with you again soon right here on take 10 three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.